On today's Contract 2020 TA Education, we're going to talk to Damien Jeanette about Section 17 OJI. All right, Damien, this section is OJI in the contract, but to talk about OJI, first we need to understand workers' comp. So explain to the listeners how that works for work-related injury. Yeah, so workers' comp is required by uh, each state, basically, and so Southwest pays for it. It's required because it's in the CBA, but the duration, the amounts, the type of injury that's covered is all directed by the third-party administrator. So Southwest uses a TPA, third-party administrator, to approve and deny claims and uh, if they're compensable or not, basically. And each state is different. The benefits could have a different amount. Uh, for instance, California today is a, about uh, 1620 a week. It lasts for about 104 weeks, whereas in Georgia, it's about $725 a week, but it can last 400 weeks. So there's uh, that's why the TPA uh, kind of deals all those benefits out. And like I said, Southwest does pay for it. So you said that there's different durations and amounts of the benefits, but it's also an issue of whether it's compensable or not, meaning it's covered or not. And that varies by state, right? It does. It does. It can depend if some states say that you have to actually physically be in the cockpit itself for it to be compensable, where other states could just say that you're in the footprint of the aircraft is compensable, or uh, some could be you're just in the terminal in uniform and it's compensable. So it does It does vary. And so the question, I guess, would be, you know, we've always, our pilots have always said, what if I get hurt pushing a wheelchair? Would that be compensable? Right. It's always, it depends, you know, what state you're in. With this TA change, we, we do have a vehicle now so that, that all those pilots are covered for, for wheelchairs, slipping on ice, uh, you know, if they're actually physically at work, we do have new provisions for that. That's workers' comp, but explain uh, how OJI sort of works in the current CBA and how it'll work in the future for compensable claims. Yeah, so today, if the claim is approved by the TPA, then it's an automatic trigger uh, for the OJI bank. Uh, of course, today you get six, the accrual rate is six TFP per month. Uh, new hires get uh, 100 today. We've, we've modified that uh, to be 200 when they start. But uh, it, it basically sits on top and brings you up to your regular bid line as what the CBA says today. And so what what makes you eligible to use your OJI bank? Today, it's it's if the claim is approved through that TPA, then your OJI bank is approved to be used. It, it will automatically trigger. So you mentioned that they changed the initial bank for the pilots, uh, for new hire pilots. It's from 100 to 200. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, 100 to 200. Uh, the accrual rate is the same. But the other part that I'd say is a significant change, at least in my opinion, would be in current book, you have to have 15 days of service for the month for a credited month. We've changed it so that just as long as you have one TFP, so that could be a sick TFP or regular earned earn TFP, then you get credit for that month. So that was a, ch a change in the, uh, in the TA as well. All right. So those are good changes. I do know that uh, one of the changes we were asking for was an increased uh, cap in the bank of uh, higher than 800, but that didn't change. Why didn't it? Whenever we look at either medical or OJI claims, you know, we always want to look at the data, right? Because we're data-driven here at SWAPA. And so when the company finally gave us some of the data on OJI claims, um, 
800 TFP should be more than enough for an average back-to-back -back OGI claim in a row. Uh, plus with the enhancements that we're getting with the uh, disability plan, it, it, it just, the argument, it's such a very remote chance and you're always talking about an OGI claims are such a small population base anyway. So we did agree to that. Damien, before we move on, just another uh, clarification about how the system works today. If a pilot's out on an OGI claim, an occupational injury, and runs out of OGI bank, how does he get paid? So if they don't have any OGI bank, then today they can access their sick bank if they're sick in there. Of course, more than likely a new hire wouldn't have it. but. Um, that is the avenue today is sick bank. And so you mentioned that uh, in addition to the initial bank accrual, uh, we made some improvements to the OJI system. Uh, speak to those now. Okay. So if, uh, like we said, you still have to go through the same process of if he does submit a, um, uh, a claim and it gets denied, now it can go through the flight ops side of the house. So the, uh, the chief pilot will determine if it was work-related or not, not Southwest benefits. Um, the, the handbook that we've agreed to lays out the exact systems of what direction, like a workflow. And so the, the manual itself is, is split into two parts. It's the program will be covered for voluntary duties. So pilot's role and job description are covered under state law. That's that meaning wheelchair pushing because it's in our FOM, uh, assisting for passenger luggage, things of that nature. And then there's also a, the program dictates what may be covered. So injury is not specifically listed in the pilot's job description, uh, but not limited to those that occur as a result of transportation. So, you know, that's uh, vans, shuttles, taxi rides at the lead center. Uh, for receiving or even providing training, you know, uh, or even at the uh, airport property. And so, Damien, you, you you alluded to the fact that it was job duties, the official job duties, and and let me read exactly what uh, they changed in the pilot job duty, just so it's uh, for the record for our listeners. What they added was a pilot at their discretion from the time they pass through the security checkpoint at the start of the duty day and until they exit the secured area at the end of their duty day may perform passenger assistance activities. These passenger assistance activities include but are not limited to pushing wheelchairs, assisting passengers with their luggage, and escorting passengers through the airport facility. So they've added that to the job description so that it's more covered by the state laws, I guess. Right, right. It's important to note what you read there was at their discretion, right? That's that's kind of key because Southwest doesn't make it a requirement at all for any of us. Yeah, their discretion, meaning the pilot's discretion, right. Right. So step through how that process works on the flight ops level exactly for our uh, listeners. Under the new program, uh, they're still going to have to submit the claim through the third party administrator, through the chief. And then, at, you know, that's how the process is done today. It goes through the chief, goes to the TPA, TPA approves, denies. You'll still do that. The new process, though, is if it gets denied, then it goes through the headquarter chief pilot. And that's who determines if it's work related or not. Not Southwest Benefits, not the local chief. It's the chief, system chief, right? Chief pilot. And what's the advantage of that? Why would we want it there? Because now we have a, a, it's not necessarily the buddy system. We have a sole source individual making that decision on if it was work related or not. And I think that was one of our complaints was the, the disparity in treatment, uh, whether you were a, 
a, a Chicago-based pilot or a, a, a you know a Las Vegas-based pilot, you had different treatment because of the state laws. So this helps that. Exactly right. So what does the uh, headquarters chief pilot use to to determine whether the company will cover a non-compensable claim? So in the uh, in that OGI manual, uh, we do have the kind of a, a work process flow in the back, and uh, it's going to direct. You know what we talked about before that the two parts in the manual will cover voluntary duties or may cover duties and so the may would be at his discretion but all of those things that we listed for will it has to be approved for that for the will cover duties and like we said that's the wheelchair pushing assisting with passenger luggage and then the the may it's kind of you know at the headquarter chief pilots uh determination if it was the crew van uh, maybe he was, uh, you know, going from the van to the hotel and there was an accident, something of that nature, or a lead center. So based on those criteria, I guess, can we expect Southwest to cover uh, like a van accident or a guy that slips on ice, regardless of what domicile he's in? Yes. We did need one central person to make that decision just because of uh, that was Southwest's request of the, the process. They needed a process. And so we understood that they needed some kind of guidance there. And so that's that's why we ultimately came up with the headquarters chief pilot making that determination. So how does this new non-compensable claim process that goes through flight ops, if it goes through that and is approved, how is that different than uh, the traditional compensable OJI claim? So today the workers' comp claim is approved or denied, but let's say it's approved and you're paid, you know, a specified amount for the workers' comp on a weekly basis. And then the OJI bank is paid and it's paid on top of up to your regular bid line, right? This is on the assumption that you do not get approved for that, but now there's a, uh, the Headquarter chief pilot is now approved, and it, then it's uh, the reason he's having approved that though is is now it's through CC pool, right? It's the company convenience pay, and so they'll pay you up to three months. So you're not using OGI Bank, you're not using Sick Bank, you're not receiving workers comp, but you're receiving a, the CC pool uh, or CC pay at uh, 105 TFP a month for three months. Damien, the 105 TFP and CC is for the non-compensable claim. What about the compensable claim? Is it still uh, what it is under our current process, which is uh, bid line? That was part of the change. So now it's uh, we've standardized it, so it's 105 both for compensable and non-compensable, because under current book is just under uh, up to the regular bid line, which is is lower than the 105 traditionally, and so we we've raised all those markets, if you will, uh, for the compensable and non-compensable piece. Any other provisions that you want to talk about when it comes to OJI? Uh, yeah, we there is a, a death benefit uh, when you're uh, on an approved claim that that naturally happens because uh, that's part of the workers' comp law. We, we did spell that out actually in the language. So if you're on a, compens- a compensable claim, then you'll have a death benefit. But the other thing too was we did add some language so that if a a pilot returns to work that let's say they had physical therapy that they needed to attend, we're guaranteeing that that pilot won't be, uh, his, his, uh, his work day will not be interrupted. So he cannot uh, attend his physical therapy schedule. So we received a lot of emails specifically on that. If somebody returns to work, they need to be released from work. You know, if they had a scheduled, uh, physical therapy schedule, uh, uh, therapy session, let's say, 
So uh, that that's that's that process been has been codified. And then uh, last thing, how about uh, medical costs for uh, a pilot that has an on-the-job injury? Of course, under workers' comp rules, that's part of the compensable claim piece that you are covered uh, 100% under the medical. And so we did uh, have that codified as well. But that that is something that's that happens today that 100% of the medical and OOP costs are covered under a compensable claim. All right, Damien, thanks for uh, joining us here on the OJI TA Education. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. For more information, check out the Contract 2020 TA Education page on swapa.org.